Hello everyone and welcome back to the Two Baggies One Lightball podcast. Um, you join us on a bit of a questions episode, a bit of a anything goes episode because we're not talking about a game, this is not the cool down, so we won't be talking about an inevitable loss and depressing results. Uh, we're just talking about general conversation today guys. Um, hopefully a bit brighter than when we have to talk about losses and we have to rant down the mic. Um, it's cold outside, so get yourself a hot drink, sit down, listen to us talk shit for a couple, for a you know, a few fair few minutes. Um, but it is cold outside. Dom, how are you uh, dealing with this weather? Uh, not well, mate. Not well at all. Uh, anyone that knows me knows that I don't deal very well with cold weather at all. I have this weird thing called uh, Raynaud's. I think it's actually a syndrome, which uh, makes it sound a lot worse than it actually is. It just means my hands are really susceptible and my extremities are really susceptible to cold weather. So I try and stay out of it as much as I can. You know, I'm not making any snowmen or throwing any snowballs around. I'm sort of, as you say, sitting with a cup of tea being surrounded by all the luxuries of the 21st century to keep me warm, mate. Um, as close as I can to a, a radiator at all times. Fair enough, um, fair enough. Yeah, and uh, then just trying to watch as much Albion content as possible to keep myself informed. Um, but as you say, brain. a lot of it is very negative, mate. Oh, uh, it's, it's so it's so incredibly negative. It's just, I, I don't, I, I've had a brief look at the questions. I did put on the story, if you've got any questions about West Brom or just general football or just general life, because... The Albion's very depressing at the moment. Um, mm. uh, but you, you you don't deal with the cold well, but I've been out for a walk today. I went out for a walk in uh, Baggeridge Park, if anyone knows it. Uh, little lovely scenery, took the camera, uh, took some nice photos, saw a robin, which I took loads of, got quite close to that. So that was nice. Um, and yeah, and then come back, got the text, do you want to record an episode? I thought, yeah, go on then. Uh, so we're here, sat down, got the questions ready. Um and we're going to get into it. But first, we should say, as we're recording this, I don't think Robert Snodgrass has been confirmed. Uh, but the, It's likely to, though, isn't it, but mate? It, it, uh, the deal has been agreed, subject to a medical 18-month contract, nominal fee. Um, before we move into any questions, Dom, how are you feeling about this? Um, I mean, to be honest, this is the kind of signing we're looking at, isn't it, really, realistically? I mean... Snodders, as I've been told, is affectionately called. We're going to have to start calling him now. Some people call him the uh, the Scottish Messi, I've been told as well. Um, but who knows? Um, but a 33-year-old that can't get a game at West Ham, this is, this is where we're at uh, at the moment in terms of transfers. I've heard from a few different rumblings as well that, you know, a signing of over two million apiece is kind of where we're kind of looking at as well. Um, so it's going to be unlikely. Loan, if anything over two mil is going to be uh, brought in, so that's exactly brilliant. Uh, brilliant and with and with Brexit well. and and all these other things um, out of our control, it looks unlikely we're, we're going to make the most out of the loan market. And it could be a case of, um, unfortunately, Cronny going back to Portugal because of this fact as well. The fact that we won't be able to go after a certain. Um, number of loan deals that we'd be looking at normally because of the things going on with Brexit and all these powers that be that are completely out of our control. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, that might be the case because, you know, I'm a big fan of Cronny uh, and he has developed and he has improved um, since the start of the season. Um, but going back to Robert, uh, Robert Snodgrass, um, he's been a name we've been linked with um, for, for a number of years, actually. Um, he's always been brought up a bit like Alan Irvine was whenever we sacked a manager. He was one of those names that was always brought up and then now very much like Alan Irvine, um, we've got him. Uh, it looks like let's hope that it doesn't work out in the same way that it did with Alan Irvine. Um, and actually the guy has some success. 
Um, because he might work well with this system. He knows Big Sam. I, I, I he knows the kind so. of football. I think so. 33. Yeah, what do you reckon? 33, nominal fee, 18-month deal. If we go down, I think he'll do a really good job in the championship. He'd be immediately one of the best players there. Um, and, you know, he, he isn't getting many games at West Ham, but he's played six, scored two. Um, I'm not hmm. necessarily sure he'd be brought in for the goals, more so for his work rate um, and his versatility. I reckon we could play him central or out wide. Um, and I think he's just a, a solid, you know, fifth, between 20th and 15th Premier League player, to be honest with you. Do you reckon he, um, do you reckon he slots in? Do you reckon he's a first-team starter as soon as he gets in? Yeah, I think he gets in and he's a first-team starter, absolutely. Um, Who drops then? Phillips? Matt Phillips for me. If we're playing him wide, if we're playing him central, then it'll be Sawyer's. Um, mm. Interesting to see if we bring anyone else in. Um, so that, I think that's two uh, upvotes from me and Dom uh, on Snodgrass, because um, we don't want to dwell too much on transfers. Upvotes, upvotes based on the context, I should yeah, add. What we know. You know, obviously, I mean, we uh, prefer a player that wasn't 33 not playing for their club, but very true. the situation we find ourselves in, this is kind of the, the most we can expect, really. Uh, so, West Ham yeah, fans are sad to see him go. Um, he, he goes. That, that I've seen that like, age isn't on his side, but he's always got passion and drive, and he's still a good player, which I think is good to see. Um, another player we link with is Hamza Chowdhury from Leicester on loan, who I think is a really good signing. Uh, if we get him through the door on a loan deal to the end of the season, you know that's a player who's uh, really good on the ball, aggressive, played Premier League football for a couple of years now, played some European football with Leicester, um, and just needs game time. And I think he'll be hungry. And if we get him through the door. That would be really good, and he can slot right into the first team as well. How are you feeling about Chowdhury, Dom? Um, to be honest, uh, I'm happy. I'm happy with it. Again, it, it all comes down to context. I don't want to go over the same points, but it does. Um, if we manage to get him, I know there's a couple of other clubs that are looking at him as well, so it could be a bit of a coup for us to to attract someone like that. Um, we've had massive success with the loan deals with someone like Conor Gallagher coming in from Chelsea but I feel like when Conor came in he had more of a portfolio a bit more of a remit we could kind of look at him and go okay that's what he did for Swansea um, last season this is what he did in the lower leagues he's looking for a step up this is what he's got to got to achieve um, with someone like Chowdhury he's kind of been in, in and out of sort of the Leicester first team not really being given much sort of game time from what I understand kind of in and off the bench um, so a bit more uh, disjointed compared to someone like Conor Gallagher who's obviously and I use him as an example because he's an example of an extreme success at the club from from the loan deals market um, so he should be the barometer of the success of every loan deal we bring in at this point um, you know would he, will he slot in though do you reckon Chowdhury yeah I do, think he do we drop anyone from yeah, I think he starts in the central defensive midfield role. Sawyer's maybe. Yeah, he gets in over Sawyer's, in my opinion. Um, and depending on who else we play, probably gets in over maybe a Livermore because he hasn't played much and he's suspended. Maybe Samuel Dice is a bit disillusioned with him. Um, but as for anything else in the transfer market, d- links to Damari Gray, um, floating about. Damari, I can't see. Um, I don't know what you think, but I can't see that happening. I feel it's very well, unrealistic. I would say yes, but the other clubs interested are Leeds and Southampton, I think. Mm. Um, and that's all, that's playing for Bielsa, who's a brilliant manager in my eyes, uh, or Hassan, who's an even better manager in my eyes as well. So, Or you could come and play for Big Sam, Damari. If you want to come play for Big Sam, go on down to the Albion, come on. <laughs> um, but we don't want to dwell on transfers because that's depressing. Our owners are shit, so we'll move on. Uh, yeah. questions uh, are you ready for this some questions Tom 
Yeah, mate, I don't know any of these. Um, and I said to a couple of the people in the DMs, actually, I, I do like to go into these cold because I like to be surprised by them. It's uh, it's a lot of fun, my end. Whether or not it's fun for you guys listening, I don't know, but uh, it's fun for me, at least. Uh, well, I haven't looked at them either, but I will read them out to you. Um, at the fa- Have you managed I'll- that, mate? I know. Well, I've just scre- I just screenshot them and put them into the camera roll and just saved them. Um, at- oh, wicked. At the Albion fan zone, where do you think the club will be in two years' time? Whew. relegated son no I don't know um, the the eternal optimist in me uh, would say that we get out of this rut um, and Big Sam acquires some actual players in the summer to make sure that we're a good ball playing team um, but at this moment in time on the 7th of January 2021 um, I feel like I'm Mr. Pessimist at this point and I feel like based on current form we'll probably go down um, but I mean we're at the early point in January we don't know what transfers are going to come in I feel like the January transfer window is going to be so integral to the rest of our season so if we do get these players in like Chowdhury um, you know uh, Snodgrass today fingers crossed it looks very very likely and maybe another one or two players in that could change the system somewhat um, maybe our, t- our you know it'll be a turn of the tides and we'll change our fortunes hopefully fingers crossed that's what we all want um but in two years time for me ideally optimistically i would like to see us stabilized as a premier league club and to get rid of freaking jogging lie as well and have a, a different management structure and a different system and a different administration so we actually have some positivity and hope going forward um yeah, I don't know about you, mate, if you echo those sentiments yeah, or not. Yeah, well, I would. Um, however, I'm, I'm going to give more of a sort of definitive route, a definitive answer. Oh, God, I can't get my words out. I'm going to give a more clear answer, basically. Um, I agree that I'm optimistic we'll stay up this year and we'll still be in the Premier League. However, the realist in me says in two years, we'll have gone down this year gone to the championship and then come back up and we'll be in the Premier League two years from now not of, not having survived uh, the Premier League season this year but having gone down and come straight back up that's where mm. I think we'll be in the next two years uh, well we are the Boing Boing Club well yeah um, that's where I think we'll be um, as for transfers yeah I'd like to see more over the two years um, and yeah echo completely the sentiment of new ownership here's, um, here's something though for you that I've just thought about is Say, you know, theoretically, say we went down, would you take us being relegated this year and having a change of administration or staying up and having to keep this current administration? That's a bit of a toughie, isn't it? I'd go down and change the administration. You know what? I would be very close to agreeing with you as well. I, I, because I, feel I don't like even the, think it's close. The, I think the long-term success of the club depends upon exactly. this administration going. Yeah. Um, so I feel to. like short... Exactly. I'd do a year in the championship to get new owners. Yeah, absolutely. I don't mind that. I'd probably echo that. Um, moving on uh, to a question from at Bradley's not smart. I reckon you are Bradley. Don't <laughs> beat yourself up. Um, how do I get my girlfriend into football? She hates it. Now, if I was to um, take this one, Don. Uh, yeah, go on. Uh, I have been with my girlfriend for coming up on five years now, and she doesn't hate football, not by any means. Um, however, I can sort of relate because she is a Wolves fan. So, um, so she's uh, not a football fan then. She is a football fan. <laughs> oh well. Oh, oh, he's got me there. Uh, no, well, she's a Wolves fan. Uh, her dad's a Wolves fan. A lot of her family's Wolves fans. However, I have took her to more Albion games than she's been to Wolves games. 
Um, the key to that so is... So she's basically an Albion fan then? Essentially. We left the first one and she said, can I support both? And I went, well, I should have said yes, looking back on it, because Wolves then got better and now she supports Wolves still. I should have said yes, uh, but it was beyond me at that point because I was alien to me the fact she supports two teams. Uh, and I still would say no. Um, now... Um, how I did it is I just bought I just bought a two ticket I bought two tickets for Christmas one year as part of a Christmas present I said we're going to the Albion just did it like that so you could just do that buy some tickets make a day of it where we can go back to the stadium um, or just I don't know uh, watch more football based things like there's the Spurs documentary there's the Man City documentary these things that make football a bit more interesting possibly to people who don't find it uh, just the game interesting um so there's plenty of stuff you can do, um, but I do recommend going to a football game when we're allowed to go. Um, any ideas, Dom? Anything that you could recommend? What was the guy's name again? Uh, Something is dumb. Uh, well, that is very rude, Dom. It's actually Bradley's Not Smart. Bradley's Not Smart. Okay, I was close. It's it's a synonym, right? So, uh, okay. What I would say is, and this is coming from a guy that is not currently in a relationship, but I would say, Bradley, um, think of the reason why your girlfriend isn't into football. Maybe she just doesn't like it, mate. Keep it as your sanctum, keeping it as your thing. Um, you know, just do what you want to do and do what she wants to do. If you feel like you need to encourage her to do it, maybe she doesn't want to do it. Um, maybe it's because he feels like he's got a certain amount of time to spend with her or whatever and he wants to sort of kill two birds with one stone so he can go to the football and hang out with his girlfriend and enjoy something with his girlfriend. That's fair enough. Um, but just have your own separate things, man. Like... You know, that's what I would say. Go to the football, do your own thing, and let her do her own thing as well. Do you also advocate the building of man caves? Oh, mate, I, ad- I advocate that at all times. <laughs> um, Make your whole house a man cave. Don't just put it into one room. Yeah, just just let let her have a, a woman's room and you just have the man house. Why yeah, don't you think have about this? Oh, my of, God. Yeah, have your poster of <laughs> Jonathan Green on the wall next to the actual house art. You know what I mean? Keep it all together. Don't don't push all your stuff into one room. Spread it and uh, have it across the whole house, mate. The ultimate bachelor Go crazy. pad is pictures of Jonathan Green and Roman Bentner on the walls. Um, and Roman Bentner's courser as well. That's the ultimate bachelor pad I've heard. That's uh, how you get the most girls as well. Um, really? Yeah, don't I listen to that this. advice. That's fake news, boys. <laughs> fake news, boys. Fake news, boys. Um... The next question comes from, uh, as I go to it, uh, it comes from uh, at Jarbaggy, uh, a regular listener and contributor to the pod. Um, what are your plans for the future, e.g. post-match interviews? Um, he also asks, what's the weirdest fan encounter? Um, I hope you're not on about our fans, because I wouldn't say we necessarily have them. Uh, if we do, we would definitely never have met them with the lockdown. Um but Accrington Stanley, I once saw a guy almost fall off a roof trying to watch the game for free. That was quite funny. <laughs> um, but as for our podcast, um, it is quite weird with it being locked down um, because, I mean, we don't really do much else than watch the game and then record an episode. There's no travelling mm. back from a game. There's no sort of post-game sort of stuff. So as for when we get back in the stands... Um, I don't know, uh, maybe sort of an outside-the-stand sort of thing, maybe further away, we just record a quick episode, maybe get some people on, but we don't really want it to become a sort of shouting down the mic thing where we get people... We want passion, of course we do, but we don't want characters <laughs> like DT to shout down the mic and look down the camera and 
you know that sort of stuff. That's the sort. Of oh, stuff is that you? Be you be DT then, mate. You'd be the DT in the scenario. I'd be DT. I'd I'd be screaming about um how. That's uh, it. You, you get know, your terrible neck tattoo. You get yeah, your flat cap out. Cap. You'd be sorted. Talk about how I'm not a wife beater and how uh, I'm all this and I'm all that. No, nah, I'm not trying to be a DT. To be fair, um, <laughs> it's it's just hard, isn't it, to really get that balance when we eventually get back into the stadium, isn't it? Well, it's that kind of thing is that once we get back in the stadium and, you know, with air quotes, um, things get back to normal, um, we'll have more opportunity to do more stuff and have more variance in our content and stuff. I think the real thing is, is that, and I feel like you echo this as well, is we just don't want the, the, it to become stale. Uh, and I feel the best way that content becomes stale, especially like this, is if we're not enjoying it. And I feel like um, if you don't enjoy what you do, then obviously that contributes to how terrible the thing that you're creating is. And I think um, when you feel like you um, have to do it or forced to do it, that's when that starts creeping in. And at the moment, we're in this really nice little period where we're enjoying what we're doing. We like putting the episodes out. We like our interaction with our, again, air quotes fans and the fan pages on Instagram and the kind of community that's been built up um, through doing this. So we're really, really enjoying it. Um, we don't want anything to kind of scupper that. Um, but obviously when things keep moving and we'd like to develop more content and have a bit more variance in it as well, what do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, we spoke. We speak about a lot of stuff, and we speak about always expanding and stuff. Like before, we used to share a mic. Now we've got separate mics for when we record. It's all about growing in sort of a steady pace, and like I said, it's all about having mm. fun. So on the on the story, like I said earlier, I didn't just put on West Brom questions. I put football questions or questions about life, uh, just about general stuff. Um, because when we created this, I had the sort of this idea of not just talk about the Albion and not just about football, but if people want to ask us questions about what's your favourite film, then we could have a question about our favourite films and stuff like that. Because I think this, you know, when when football's not on, there's no need for us to not make content. We could come on here and make content about anything if people want to listen to it. If we want to create it, then we can create it. Um, but we're the two baggies one light bulb, mate. We've got to talk about baggies related stuff or light bulbs. You've got to pick which one you want there. Which direction you want this podcast to go into? So, <laughs> well, I reckon there's been Albion fans in films, and there's been light bulbs on sets. There's your loophole, hey? You got to think big, think outside That's the box, it, mate. think outside the light bulb, eh? Um, so there's a lot of stuff we can do, um, stuff planned, stuff discussed, um, sort of um, watch alongs is something we talk about. Uh, mm. But th- these are things that. Uh, uh, are extended away from the podcast. I mean, our real passion is just to talk on the podcast and talk about stuff like this because the other stuff does take a lot of effort and a fair bit of investment. I don't want to lie to you mm. guys. Like, it will take uh, a lot of money on our part to actually get something because we could just set up the laptop and do it on there, which I don't mind doing, but I'd rather it be more of a professional-looking thing, a bit more of a better setup. So those we things want to do it right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm a, I'm a big fan of. I mean, some of the content on the kickoff is dreadful. Some of their knowledge sometimes could be poor, but what the what True Geordie and what he's put together is really admirable. Especially from me as a a journalist and doing a journalism degree, him doing that is really incredible. And that's something I want to emulate to have that on. Maybe have some other West Brom content creators on. Maybe if we play the Wolves, uh, we have a Wolves content creator on things like that. Do you know what I mean? Oh no, mate. What you what? <laughs> no, well, I'm you know what I mean. Just have that um, sort of that debate aspect of it all. Um, so we we got to look past the podcast, but we don't want to look away from what we've built, sort of thing. So it's um it's a really good question, but it, it's a very at times 
deep one to actually theorise and to actually put things into practice. Um, but thank you, of course, for the question. Um, and we will, of course, keep you guys updated at Two Bags One Live on Instagram. Oh, as I catch my breath after that very long answer. Um, <laughs> uh, next one, not really a question, but from Callum underscore. We should have kept Billich. I think we both agree there. Um, mm. uh, thoughts on Snodgrass? Well, not much has changed, really, has it, at this point in time. So, you know, back the guy that we all liked. Yeah, but you'd have to... That's un- the sentiment. Yeah, you'd have to say. Um, at a underscore M underscore one underscore... No, ZZ underscore said thoughts on Snodgrass. Uh, please see the start of the pod. I think we're pretty much thumbs up on that or within the context. Yeah, thumbs up. Um, um, some relatively unknown account at WBI latest, don't know who that is, um, says, uh, what's Good. your favourite colour? Um, <laughs> uh, mine is blue. Dom, yours? Uh, white. Uh, nah, come on, that would be so easy, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> I don't know, mate. Um, I haven't been asked that question since I was in like key stage two. Um, purple, maybe? Purple? Purple's a uh, pretty sweet colour, isn't it? Nice royalty thing, yeah? Royalty, yeah? Uh, yeah, that's what it's nice. about. That. You know me, I'm a massive royalist, mate. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, not. The next question is, uh, do you think the country should be a republic? What's your opinion on the royal family? Oh, that's not the next question. Um, the next question <laughs> comes from at Noah Hunt 69 <laughs> We see what you've done there, Noah. Uh, he nice asks, one, Noah. Uh, who would you like to buy the club if the owner sells the club? Now, we all, if you're a long-time listener... My answer is, of course, the legend of Moneyball, Billy Bean. Come on, buy the Albion. You know you want to. You've got a minority share in Barnsley. So come on and put a big share in West Bromwich Albion Football Club. I know he wants to. Also, uh, answer the question, what's Max's favourite film? All in one question. That is very true. (laughs) I do love that film so much. That, Billy Elliot. um, Yeah. I can't think of anything. That wasn't the question, mate. Stick at it. Yeah, I'm on it. I'm on it. Bloody hell. What'd you take it for? A non-professional? Ugh. Uh, what would you about? You, what about you, Dom? Who would you want to spoil the club? Uh, anyone other than Joachim Lau. I don't really care. Um, someone, <laughs> someone with some vision. I don't have names, but someone with some actual competency and vision that can see that by investing in a club long term, and by long term I mean five, ten years, that they're going to reap more benefits than trying to take some money out of it in the short term, like Joachim Lau is doing. So basically, anyone with that mindset. Fair enough. Don't care who it is. No, no names in mind. Uh, no, mate, not particularly. Uh, like you said, the only ones that we've been linked with is Billy Bean, um, that consortium, and another American consortium as well. Well, that's the only um, answer. The only answer is Billy Bean, in my opinion. Oh, is that the only answer? Then that's the only answer that I'll retract allow. my previous statement. Thank you. The two Billy biggest Bean, one then, light bulb. Mate. Two biggest one light bulb podcast officially <laughs> advocates endorses. Uh, uh, yeah, endorses Billy Bean. Um, there you go. Uh, I'm sure you hear about it. Um, at josh.parker uh, asks pineapple on pizza question mark sacrilege sacrilege son you see don't have it i think we're going am i eating a dessert or an actual pizza i think we're going <laughs> to jesus christ don't. i think we're going to disagree so context what we- else do you want to put on it oreos uh, skittles what else do you want to put on it don't tempt me don don't tempt me i will do these things um context for you guys uh, both me and dom um as cousins are half Italian, and we do love pizza. We like pasta. We like all these things. Now, with this, in well, mind, it turns out I love pizza. Max hates sacrilegious pizza that has fruit on it. This is the thing. If I was in Italy, and don't use that rubbish that tomatoes are fruit as well. Uh, don't no, use listen, that. Listen, listen, listen. I'm ready for that. Um, 
if if we were in Italy, I would dream of putting pineapple on a pizza because I do think it's sacrilegious. I think the the pizza there is you'd too be, good. You'd be lynched, sir. Yeah, you'd be lynched. I, I think the I think the pizza's there too good to put pineapple on it. However, when I'm buying a pizza here, when the pizza quality isn't as good, it sounds so pretentious, but it's not a pretentious quote. It's a we're Italian and it's a cultural thing. So, um, my culture is not your hobby. Um, so <laughs> or your prom dress. Yeah, it's your prom dress. Going to prom in a whole pizza outfit. <laughs> Uh, so when I'm here and the quality of pizza isn't that good, I don't mind putting a bit of pineapple on it because sweet and salty works and it just appeals. This is it. Sweet and salty comes down to your basic needs as a ca- like going back centuries as cavemen because salty was good. It meant it was oh, good for mate, the body. Sweet meant it was mate, good for the body. On. That's why it works. Sweet and salty works because come it on. combines these things. Don't be using science and pseudoscience I'm, to back I'm up using, something that tastes well, disgusting. Well, don't call it pseudoscience. This is cavemen official science. Yeah. We all know the Earth is 6,000 years old and is flat, so don't give me that rubbish. No, I'm joking, obviously. People don't know me. People don't know when I'm joking. Um, okay. Dom's a flat so, earther. Please, uh, please send I'm me I'm a flat messages. earther, obviously. Me and Logan Paul. Um, but yeah, um, Mate, pineapple on pizza is sacrilegious. You go it to works. Italy and ask for pineapple on it pizza, works. they would lynch you in the streets of I agree. Of I would never do it. I never, never, never do it when we're in Italy. But here, it just works. It's just sweet and salty. I'm, a, I'm an absolute... Yeah, sweet and salty works. Sweet, sweet and watery. It's sweet, not watery. No, sweet and watery. If you do it properly, it's it's chef's kiss. It's incredible. Okay, I, I pose this question. I pose this question to you. If you were to have a pizza in the world, any at all, last meal, it wouldn't be pineapple on pizza, would it? No, but the question is pineapple on pizza, and I say it works. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, but that no, doesn't answer crap. the question. You're saying it's bad just because I wouldn't have pineapple pizza as my last pizza on earth doesn't mean I don't it's, think it's, it's good. the lowest. It's the lowest tier of selections of pizza toppings by far. Anchovies rate even higher than that. Anchovies on pizza are a bomb compared to pineapple. My favourite pizza is anchovy pizza. <laughs> That's just a categorical fact. Anchovies, capers, cheese, and tomato can't beat it. That's my favourite pizza on earth, man. Are you ever in- Jesus, mate, your girlfriend must hate you. You must stink after a pizza order. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're ever in, if you're ever in Verez, go check out. I think it's the Vesuvius Pizzeria. That's the best one I've ever been to. Um, yeah, back, it's pretty good. Uh, back where our family live, it's pretty fire there. Uh, I've just opened it to grab an accident. Didn't mean to. Uh, we move on to our next question, uh, which is from Mark Southall twenty three. We've sent he sent four in. Uh, what player under 21 could make a difference for us? Uh, for me, that's Conor Gallagher. I know he's on loan, but he's still under 21. And he's got some of the best stats out of any under 21 player in the whole of Europe, um, mm. which is mental. Uh, and yeah, I remember that. Team. I said before that um, Conor Gallagher is basically the barometer of success for a young player on loan at the Albion. So he's the pinnacle for me at the moment, and uh, realistically, the person that we've got to be looking at. Um, as for players from our own academy uh shake diaby quite in- quite intrigued mm. sorry uh he made the jump up to the bench immediately which is a good sign um rico richards uh very high up on him he we're lucky yep. to keep on to him he had interest from uh, a lot of english a lot of big clubs manchester united included and he signed a pro deal with us which is great for us um when not a lot of dude, to be fair. We've had a history of a lot of young players at the Albion in the academies going off to well, I, Chelsea, Man I mean, United. I was looking into this, and there's been a bit of an exodus with our youth staff, and a lot of them have gone to Villa. Uh, and we lost four senior mm. youth members within a year, which is quite bad, which you know points to more problems within the uh, administration. Um, 
Well, we did with Louis Barry, didn't we? Um, indirectly, of course, because he went to Barcelona and then he went to Aston Villa, but the still a similar money. thing. Still owe us money, don't mm. they, Barca? Um, yeah. His uh, second question, who can you see us realistically signing? Um, again, uh, Chowdhury, Snodgrass. Um, I think the, the only promising thing so far is the fact that we had three free transfers ready to go. Um, me, and, me and my mate were talking about this about uh, who these might have been and I thought it was maybe Umar Nias uh, he said Daryl Yamat which I think is a good shout um, and I had someone else lined up I can't remember who it was um, I know Ahmed Moussa is available at the moment uh, but I can't really think who else but who do you think is a realistic signing? I think we've gone through them all really I think one that just to bend the question slightly um, that we've been linked with is um, Josh King from Bournemouth mm. um, again similarly to um before to I can't remember the guy's name uh, the winger from Leicester that we've been linked with Demario Gray Demario Gray sorry uh, just had a complete brain fart there but um, similarly with him uh, I think it's unrealistic that we'd sign him they'd ask for way too much money um, than we're willing to spend at this moment and they're not going to be likely to loan him out Bournemouth um, to us at this point in time um, so I don't think that's got any legs. Uh, I think it's likely he's probably going to sign for another club, another rival probably, that are willing to spend the money, let's face it. Um, and we're just not. Um, but yeah, the, the people we've discussed before, Snodders looks like he's going to sign, uh, Chowdhury, Jack Wilshire. these kinds of players. You see, um, again, I don't feel like Jack Wilshire will add much to the team. I think um, he's Apart from a massive a wage budget. I think he's a level above if he stays fit. But that's the big question mark, is whether he stays fit or not. Um, I think Sacco is a good shout. I think Sacco is probably mm. our best signing at centre back. I'd rather um, Tompkins than Sacco. I think Sacco's on a hundred grand a week over at Palace. To be honest, I've saw that. So uh, don't see us going in for him on loan. I think our domestic loan will be Chowdhury, and then an international loan will come in. I think from somewhere else. Um, if you could sign one player from abroad, not Krivinovic, who would it be? Um, firstly, I wouldn't sign Krivinovic. I'd let him go back. I don't think he really offers as much anyway. Uh, other than being mm. a good, other than him being a good rotation player and good presence, I really, I really like Krivinovic. I love him. I think he's amazing um, as a player. I don't think he's fitting anymore, um, and I think I think he'll just go back, and we'll save a bit of money there, and maybe get up a another slot for international loans. Um, as for anyone abroad, uh, I'm not really sure. Dom, any ideas? I was going to say. But who? I mean, the thing is, is that sometimes it's. And again, I don't want to use this as um, an exact correlation because it's the devil. The devil, you know, it's better the devil, you know, in terms of Kravinovic, and he's not a devil by any sense of the imagination. What I mean by that sentiment is he offers things that we don't really know about in the dressing room, his relationships with players, that kind of stuff, which is very important. Yeah, um, especially halfway throughout the season. And I feel like he's progressed as a player. He's better than he was. Uh, I had a lot to say about Kravinovic when he was in the championship and about what he offered to the team and that he was very much a peripheral player in the championship campaign. And now he's coming to the Premier League. He's still a peripheral player, but he has improved the games that I've seen him earlier on in the season, especially um, when he's been asked to come into that team. Um, but I feel with, as you say, with Big Sam and the way that Big Sam plays, that he's going to be further, he's going to be pushed further and further to the wayside, and he's not going to get a look in really. No, so in terms will. of his contribution, it's just going to be purely what he brings at a personal level, and is that enough to warrant a wage? Maybe, maybe not. But it depends on the 
the transaction, doesn't it? You know, who are we going to bring in from abroad? And I've not really seen anyone that I would like to bring in and replace with Krivinovic, if I'm perfectly honest. I mean, we link, well, I mean, we were linked with Orsic in the past. Is he really the only one that's coming to mind who I'd sign? Because uh, I do like Mr. Orsic. She's a very good player. But I think that's well and truly gone. I think that ship had sailed even before the last gone. summer window. Um, yeah. Uh, the final Mark Southall 23 question is, uh, if granted Pereira play like they did in the championship, can they save our season? Um, yeah. Do you think? Yeah, absolutely. If they play like they did in the championship, then of course they can. Pereira was um, had one of the highest levels of assists, I think, in the championship. Most assists, most um, chances had the highest. Yeah, most chances created as well, which puts him on the level of Kevin De Bruyne, doesn't it, or something like that, um, if, we, if we're taking that question literally. And the same with Grant. Grant scored a huge number of goals for Huddersfield last year, which is the reason why we signed him. So if he's going to score goals like that in the Premier League, then he's going to be up there with you know Jamie Vardy and the rest of them, Aubameyang and everyone else at the top of the uh, scoring charts at the end of the season. Um, but what it's not going to happen because we're in the Premier League. <laughs> that's the that's the crux of it. What I, about defensively? Yeah, I, I'd say I'd like to say yes, but none of the I don't think any of those players shore us up defensively, and that means we're still going to leak goals. I think we'd be more competitive, absolutely, but the rate that we leak goals, I think, would still hinder us a lot. I think we'd be uh, we wouldn't be six points adrift if they were playing like they were, um, but I don't think we'd be in a much different position. Uh, in the league, I don't think we'd be up the top top half of the table. I don't think we'd be higher up the bottom half of the table. I think we'd be floating around seventeenth, sixteenth if they were playing well, which I'd take absolutely. But I think we'd still we'd be, be better in a than we are at bottom. the moment. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I- very much so. I feel like, as we say, there's there's a lot going on in the defence and uh, a lot of players, we've touched on this before, a lot of players being asked to do way above their station in order to try and maintain that defence uh, and I feel sorry for them. You know, players like Townsend and Furlong that have been asked to play out their skin every game just to keep our heads above water defensively. Um, and, you know, and good old O'Shea coming in as well, probably earlier than he should be from his development stage. Um, and asked to be playing at that that level in the Premier League, game after game, when he's called in, you know, and people like Ivanovic are just completely past it. And Carl Bartley, if we're honest, hasn't been a real contributor since he's signed at the club. Really, um, have been asked to play way, way, way above their station. Um, so it does need looking at. And you know, um, if we're looking at Sacco and Tompkins, hopefully these kinds of players can come in and firm us up. But it's just whether or not we're able to to get these players to firm us up at the back. Um, thank you for your questions, Mark. Um, we move on to at uh, Charlie Glover. Uh, he asks, what retired baggies in their prime would save our season? Um, Dom, who would who do you think would save our season? A selection of, or maybe just one, if you think there's only one? Retired retired baggies. Retired Albion players who would save our season as it is. Um, a lot of them, mate, to be perfectly honest. Um, I'd love to see a... I mean, because when we talk about the games that we've had, and obviously we've lost a lot of games, 3-4-0, you know, 5-0, obviously. Um, we're very, very aware of the 5-0. The um, but it comes down to, when you look at the game and analyse each game, it's, it's a game of moments. And a lot of it is either conceding a very early goal or not capitalising on our chances at certain points in the game. And I feel like if we had a striker that could bury chances and, you know, say we do lose that goal early on 1-0 in the first five, ten minutes, but then we um, make the most of an opportunity that we've made in the, you know, five minutes after that and actually score it rather than, you know, shuffle it wide or we hit it directly against the goalkeeper or just miss it by an inch. 
then that would change the complexity of the game, would change our fortunes in a game. So I feel like if we had a striker that was an actual clinical finisher, that would massively improve our points tally at this point. So I feel like a retired striker, someone like uh, Peter Odenwingi would be perfect. Oh, Odenwingi would be perfect. Bob Taylor maybe, but... Odin yeah, Wingy. and a clinical finisher yeah. like Peter Odin Wingy would be perfect at That's this point in the season. Yeah, well, Odin just Wingy because of the again, the times, the times this season. How many times have we watch matches that we've lost three um, nil, and we've gone, ah, oh, if only we buried that chance five minutes after we conceded early. You know, it's a very different game then. You know, we might have had more of an opportunity, especially early on in that season. We had so much chance creation with the Billich side in the first sort of five games or so, um, but we're still losing games, uh, drawing games. We just needed someone to put those opportunities away. um, And we could have had a very, very different outlook on our season. I I think Odin Wingy is the best shout, to be honest. Um, Mine was Gareth McCauley, uh, just because of how good he was. Just because of how good Mm. he was. Just a defensive stalwart at the back. Uh, organised everyone was just incredible um, and I mean for an older statesman when we signed him we done half milked the last brilliant seasons out of Gareth McCauley oh we did mate um, best centre back I've ever seen at the Albion personally. he was incredible uh, him and Johnny Evans at the back formed a brilliant partnership um, really a shame that they had to play under Pulis because they, they were both uh, pretty good with their feet for their size and uh what you'd say were just typical big centre halves. They're, they're good ball playing defenders, I think, um, and a good goal scoring defender as well. And Gareth yeah, McCauley uh, would be perfect in this in that Billich side. Uh, however, in this big Sam side, they'd just be reduced to being normal centre halves, uh, which I still think they're brilliant at. Um, oh, we move on uh, to our next question: Who would you have appointed instead of Big Sam? Uh, that's at James Lawton seven nine one. Um. It's, it's a weird question because I wouldn't have sacked Slavin Bilic, so it's hard to say who I'd put in charge instead. Um, and I'd assume you'd echo that in a way because you ne- neither did you want to sack Slavin Bilic, so we weren't really thinking of replacements. Mm. Well, I, I said to you I wouldn't have I wouldn't have sacked him um, after the Manchester City game, um, and I'd have given him more of an opportunity to to build his team out. Um, I'd like to have given him um, up until the end of January, seeing what could have happened in the transfer window as well. Um, but who would have, who would I have liked to have signed? And I should insert: was, did they mean realistically? Because I could just say I could say Pochettino or, or whatever. No, I'd love to see. Um, yeah, exactly. But I mean, realistically, I feel like um, the the managers that were um, we were looking at and we were being linked with, Big Sam seemed like. The most obvious fit, and obviously this is me now coming out and criticising him, but I'm trying to be as honest as possible um, at that particular time. Yeah, he's the season saver. He has a great record of clubs that are in a similar position and getting them out of relegation and playing better football. Um, not the prettiest football, but playing better football, football that grinds out results. And it kind of seemed like that's what we needed at this point. Uh, and obviously the hope was that with Big Sam coming in, he could stabilise the club. Hopefully we'd stay up this season and we could build on something on future seasons. Um, hopefully get this administration out as well, because God knows we need it. Um but obviously, I'm trying to be as honest as I am at that moment. Now, obviously, we're a few games in under Big Sam and um, we've had a plethora of losses. We've conceded, I think, 11 or 12 goals um, since he's come in, which is the antithesis of what we were promised when he came in, which was um, shoring, up us, uh, shoring ourselves up defensively. And apart Making from the Liverpool beat. game, yeah, exactly. Apart from the Liverpool game, I've not really seen that. 
Um, so it's kind of a bit of false advertising, if you ask me. Yeah. Um, but at that time, I feel like he was probably the best fit. Um, I don't know what you reckon. No, I agree. Uh, but I'll come back to the fact I wouldn't have sacked Slavin Bilic. Um, and we'll get into that a bit in the next question. Um, but I just stuck with him. Um, waited him out. Built something with Slavin Bilic. He's a very good manager who got us up a season before they were planning to go up. Um, mm. So you can view it as a bit of a betrayal on our half. Um, but I just see, I still see a lot of people saying this is why we should have brought in Eddie Howe. Um, I... Eddie Howe would have been a, a he he needed time at Bournemouth to build something and significant investment to be able to do that, which he wouldn't have got. He wouldn't have got time and he wouldn't have got investment at the Albion. No. Um, so Two I don't commodities think he was, you weren't you weren't going to get at the Albion. At yeah, all. he wasn't going to come in and be like you said that quick fix manager, that manager you could plug in and say he'd save the season, which hopefully Sam Allardyce can do for us. He hasn't proved it so far. Uh, but Eddie Howe is f- so much further from that than any other manager on the market. Um, so that's why we went for Big Sam eventually um, but uh, next question is and it leads on quite nicely to uh, Rob Paddock WBA uh, he asks who's getting promoted from each EFL league now I don't watch enough EFL to be able to say this um, however Norwich are sort of running away with the championship and they stuck with Daniel Farker um, which I think is what we should have done with Slavin Bilic and actually built something kept to be oh, you know that sort of um anomaly in football and actually stick with the manager and build something and have Slavin Bilic even if we went down next year uh, and it's paying off for Norwich they're coming straight back up by the looks of it so that's where I stand on it we should have kept him and built something do you agree? yeah I'd echo that yeah I'd definitely echo that I feel like um, all being well we could have stuck with Bilic and like I said I'd have given him till the end of January tried to get a few acquisitions in because as you say it's a bit unfair Sam looks like he's been given a bit more licence to uh, transfers, uh, just because he's a new manager and he's come in and he's he's got a remit, whereas Slavin obviously had his remit at the start, um, and we know what happened with Ahmed Hagazi as well and that whole controversy as well, which was kind of a bit of the spark, um, which ignited this whole thing and this animosity between him and the the board and the administration. Um, you know, it felt like he was his decision making was pushed to the wayside, and of course he's the head coach, and there's there's other people in play when it comes to to signings and transfers and the wage structure and everything else. Um, but it felt like that he was, you know, his decisions and the way that he looked at the team was very much way down the list um, compared to everything else, uh, and compared to consolidating the actual, you know, profit margin of the club. All uh, comes down to that profit, payment. doesn't it? All comes down to the profit margins and dividend payments, doesn't it, with this administration? Uh, well, yeah, we, um... but um, yeah, like I say, I mean, you know, with clubs like that's that back behind their managers and it pays off for them. I wish them really, really well, like with Farker and Norwich and things like that. And it looks like they're going to come back up as well, and hopefully they can have a, a much better season than they had previously. Um, but um, yeah, I don't really watch a lot of Championship now, to be honest, mate. Um, or or no, the lower right leagues. Yeah. Um, just some news coming out. Um, Samuel Dice has finished his press conference uh, before the Blackpool game. Says Robert Snodgrass will become an Albion player tomorrow, so long as there are no issues with his medical. Um, mm. And Albion will be without two players due to COVID. Um, and Allardyce mm. said there is no truth in reports he is trying to sign Newcastle's Andy Carroll. So, a bit of news <laughs> coming out, courtesy of Joseph Massey. Um, right, I, mean, okay. I don't think Carroll's the worst sign in the world. I'd rather Carroll than Chick Tosin, to be honest, especially for the way we're playing. Definitely. Um, or Nias. Not, I don't want Nias, Jesus. Um, 
Oh, what, do you mean Carol Overnias? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Easily. I, I'd agree. Um, but we'll move on again. We're really just tearing through some questions today. Uh, thank you all for your involvement and your questions. Uh, realistically, what players would you like to see signed during this window? We have answered that one before, I think. Um, yeah, but yeah. mine would be uh, a Jack Wilshire as a bit of a gamble, and then more solid signings like Robert Snodgrass, James Tompkins, uh, players of that ilk to really help us this year. Um, I think yeah, veteran players that know the Premier League is pretty much the underlying yeah. thing that we're looking at that quality. we do need, we need in desperate, desperate need of. Um, we're just experience, mate. I don't think we're going to get the quality players that we need, but it's just experience. We need players that are well experienced and well versed in a relegation fight. Some of these guys really, really are. Yeah, Robert Snodgrass certainly is. Um, how many players do you think we need for a competitive Premier League side? Um, I think a solid, I think a safe estimate is five, maybe three on the thinner end, a centre half, a midfielder, maybe a really good striker or another defender. Uh, but I, I'd go five to be proper competitive and proper secure in our squad. How about you? Uh, I'd say the same. I said at the start of the season, um, when the transfer window had finished, that we were still three signings off a very, very good team. I thought we had a good basis of a team in the championship. Um, we needed to sign um, the lone players like Dean Garner. This is at the time, obviously. Obviously, with the form of Dean Garner now, it could be a little bit more uh, contested. Um, but at the time, I felt like we needed to sign the lone players we had in and, and maybe three players that were going to slot immediately into that first team. So I still feel like we do need at least three starters in that team, probably one for every position up front, midfield and defence um, to really shore us up. Yeah, it's got to be players like that. Um, and unless we've got technical issues, because we did get a whole host of messages from at uh, WBIRT Inspired, um, long-time listener, long-time collaborator, uh, brilliant page, go check him out. Um, I think he sent in, unless we've got these wrong, sorry, Matt. Uh, if you were manager right now, what immediate changes would you make from the starting lineup uh, to the realistic transfer targets? We've gone through that quite a bit. Uh, uh, mm. Quite interesting one. Uh, if relegation was imminent, would you sell Sam Johnston and bring Alex Palmer in as first choice keeper? What other sacrifices would you make to prepare us for the championship? How do you feel about that? I feel like with a lot of these things, it's out of the control of the manager's hands. Um, that's the only problem. Um, you know, when we went down previously, um, there was a mass exodus of players and a lot of players that I didn't think would leave as well. I, I remember uh, Ben Foster going to Watford was a massive surprise because he um, had done an interview and talked at length about staying at the Albion. He was happy here, happy with the schooling of his kids, etc., etc. And I think within a week or two weeks, he was, you know, holding up a, um, a number one at Watford. Um, so, you know, there was a mass exodus of players when we went down and then there was an even greater exodus um, when we didn't get bounce immediately back up. Um, people like Craig Dawson as well left, having had a terrible, terrible season in the championship because he just didn't want to be there. Um, so I think it ultimately comes down to what players do want to leave. And I feel like if Sam, um, and let's face it, Sam's had a lot of stick from Albion fans. Albion fans have not made it easy on Sam Johnson since he's been there. He signed from Villa for big money. He was the first keeper to come in after Ben Foster, arguably um, the best keeper we've had in my lifetime since I've been watching Oh, Albion. definitely. Um, he still is classic. So it was a difficult... 
Well, exactly. It was a difficult mantle um, and difficult gloves for him to fill, let's say. Um, but he rose to the occasion, especially as a championship goalkeeper. And yeah, he had his moments. And yeah, people were questioning his abilities in the championship. But it was a learning curve for him in the same way it was a learning curve for a lot of these players coming in, especially in the second season. Um, and for the manager at the time in that first season with Darren Moore, it was very much a learning curve for him as well. Um, we've touched on that previously. Um but I feel like it's going to come down to what players do want to leave. Will Sam want to leave? I feel like maybe if the right offer comes in. I think he'll get an offer. that he's had. With how he's playing now, he'll get an offer for another Premier League club. Um, I, I get if we sell him, if we go down and we sell him, I understand because he deserves it. He deserves to be playing Premier League football. He's proved it. And if we can't give yeah, that he him, then he's, he's well within his right to go find that elsewhere. Um, but the improvement he's made this year have been incredible. If we sell him in January, it's I'd, I've said it before. I will I will be enraged with the administration because that's such a negative step. Um, I like Alex Palmer. I think he's incredible. He's keeping so many clean sheets and been integral for Plymouth last year and now Lincoln. Um, but it's a big jump to the Premier League, especially for any player. But a keeper definitely is a big step. Um, I mean, Sam's coming up with some brilliant saves, but he's still having five put past him every week, uh, mostly to no fault of his own. So mm. if you want to bring up a young keeper and say, right, you're going to go to goal and you're going to have five put past you every week, uh, that's the likelihood. Maybe you can seize even more because he isn't going to be a better keeper than Sam Johnson, is he? Um, so I think well, the thing is, is that Sam, I think, I think if Sam continues the form that he's been on over the course of this season and we, we are relegated, I feel it's very likely that Sam Johnson will be sold and I feel like that he'll try and... Uh, be instrumental in trying to get that move done because I feel like you know the history he's had with Albion fans, the polarisation, the crap that he's had to deal with on Twitter and Instagram from Albion fans. The first two seasons he was there. This is the first season he's had to deal with very little crap from Albion fans. If I'm honest, we've been very uh, big supporters of Sam throughout uh, and his development and things like that. Um, but there has been some real animosity by certain outsider sects of the uh, of the baggy supporter base that have really just kind of gone after him um, for a number of years and I, I don't think he'll forget that because he's been quite vocal on Twitter as an he and Instagram things and responsive to, to messages um, so he's not going to forget that even even if uh, Albion fans have kind of um, turned the tide on him uh, yeah, this I've, season. Yeah I've seen it firsthand uh, when I was working at the Albion um, I don't know the full story so please don't quote me but I've seen he come up for to pick up his family after the game where his family was in a box and I think someone's given him stick as he's coming to just go to his family um, you hate to see that crap don't you it's you awful hate to see it's it. horrible you know I, I, I mean being I'm just a, I'm obviously working and I'm a polite person but I, being full of sincerity I'd say oh good game today because he would put in brilliant performances I'd say that to every player that had a good game but I'd feel like I'd say that to Sam a lot because he'd put in great performances yes he'd make the odd mistake but it's not like he's been poor these past few years. It's just his coming, his commandment of the box and coming for the ball has been poor previously. Now it's much improved. I'd never thought he was that poor to go in. Oh, I would never abuse anyone on Twitter anyway. But to go out of your way to make horrible comments about him just for not doing that one thing, which he can definitely do way better than you. It's very confusing. <laughs> well, yeah. I think we'd be lucky to keep Ajayi as well. I think that's another name um, that we'd he's be lucky gone. to. He's to gone keep in somewhere if we don't stay up. He's incredible. He's a very good player. His development has been incredible. I mean, when we first signed him, I'll be honest, I knew very, very little about him. Knew very, very little about his record. Um, but he's coming in has just been an absolute freaking revelation, hasn't he? His development's been massive, absolutely massive, um, since he's come in. Uh, from Championship 
to um, a, well, let's say a, a lower echelons of the championship, etc., to upper echelons of the championship, then to an incredibly competent Premier League centre back, uh, and one that the actual pundits talk about. There are a couple of Albion players that pundits actually speak about. We forget about what? that. Um, uh, you, what? Yeah, exactly. And it's usually Johnson and Ajay they're talking about, or Gallagher. They're the three that are usually talked about. And so they should be because they're very, very good players. Um, and we'd be very lucky to keep on to them. I think Conor Gallagher's gone either way, obviously. Um, whether we stay up or not, I feel like Conor's uh, going to progress and try and, uh, if Lampard is still manager and has still got this ethos of promoting young players into the first team, he's really going to try next year to get into that Chelsea setup. And so he should because he's, uh, he's a very, very good central midfield player. Yeah, Gallagher will be incredible wherever he goes, um, in my opinion. I mean, if Billy Gilmore's getting games, so Billy Gilmore's a good player, but I think Gallagher's better. Uh, I think we're very, very lucky to have him, and that's why we shouldn't squander it. Um, but we're we got any more for questions? Choice. We have, we have. I was quickly, we're sport for choice in the goalkeeper region because Alex Palmer's playing brilliantly, but Josh Griffiths on loan at Cheltenham, I believe he's at Cheltenham, is playing very well as well. So we're very sport for choice on these uh, goalkeepers. So if we do sell Johnston... There's not much need to go and look elsewhere because we could promote from within. Um, we move on to the next question. It is... Um, uh, who would you... Uh, at Baggage Brothers have got involved. Who would you guys like to see us bring in in this transfer window and would you let any go? We've mentioned the former. Um, but would you let anyone go, Don? Would I let anyone go in this transfer window? Yeah, in Jan. Uh, no, not at all, really. Um, actually, I'll, I'll go back on that. Anyone that makes any difference, no, not at all. I feel like Kravinovic is the most likely to go. Um, but is it going to change the complexion of the team? If we're just looking at raw data, probably not. Charlie but if Austin, we look at Camel how Grzycki. he impacts... Um, Grzycki again, that's, that's true. Um, hasn't been given a lot of game time. It doesn't look like Sam's going to bring him into the fold. I thought he no, might do. Um but it doesn't look like that. So peripheral players, I'm I'm not really talking about. But in terms of actual squad players that are playing every week, I yeah, wouldn't let anyone not. go at all. If it stumps up funds for us, and we can immediately get him replaced. So if we sold Bartley for two or three million, and we could reinvest that two or three million immediately, then yes, I would do things like that. Um, but if it's not that sort of thing, then I, I wouldn't let any squad players go, as you said. But players like Grzycki and Austin and um, probably letting go of Grivinovic maybe frees up some more wage things like that mm. seem pretty pragmatic choices um, if we go d- Baggy's Bulletin uh, if we go down and Allardyce walks who do we re-appo- who do we appoint realistically because I would say Nagelsmann but when that's obviously completely unrealistic it's way out of the remit of West Bromwich Albion um, mm. so who's a realistic appointment if we go down it's a tough one mate it's a real tough one because You've got to look at the manner in which we go down, but also the squad that we're left when we do go down. Um, that'll be the thing. It depends on the rebuild. It depends on what manager can come through um, and kind of take that team and, as you say, get us ashes, you know, get us from the ashes and rebuild us like a phoenix um, because I feel like there will be an exodus of players this first season. There'll be a massive cutting of the wage bill and uh, we'll be getting rid of a lot of the heart of that team. So it's whoever's going to be willing to come in and build from the bottom. I feel like it's going to be at least a two-season job if that does happen. Um, so maybe, maybe I know we scuffed on it before, like Eddie Howe coming in, because that's a long-term 
investment then if you were to bring him in and then say you've got two seasons to get us up we are you know we've got x amount of players left because the vast majority of the squad has been sold um we've got to make the most of our youth players or players you want to come in for this rebuild um then a player then a manager like that that's looking at the long term is probably the best fix um but like i say it's 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 too early to say, really, in January, because we don't know the kind of squad that we're going to be left with if this hopefully, hopefully doesn't happen. Yeah, the options seem pretty slim, and they were slim when we sacked Slavin. Um, I think there's there's options out there. Uh, people mentioned James Morrison, Chris Brunt, all these guys that might go into management. I mean, James Morrison's already on the coaching staff, um, but we don't know how good these are. These guys are as first team coaches as managers mm. it's, it's very different ball game um, you could make the argument for bringing Darren Moore back after a bit of experience at Doncaster because um, I think I think Darren Moore has all the intangibles to be a, a genuinely brilliant manager um, based on his uh, his quality as a manager but also his relationship with players I think is very very impressive um, so there's always that uh, that'll be floating around uh, Paul Cook formerly of Wigan uh, obviously got a tough time of it uh, with their administration. Uh, he's, he's played some nice football, played some good quality stuff over the years. Um, again, a lot of stuff up in the air. Uh, Allardyce will walk if we go down. I, I have a theory that he will leave even before we go down to keep his uh, 100% relegation save intact. But uh, <laughs> you think you think he'd do that just to keep that record intact? Yeah, I do. I Be that callous. Yeah. That is where I stand on it. Um, next question. Still got more. Uh, at Jetrum. Sorry if I got that wrong. Uh, when would you say our strike force was at its best? At its best. Uh, Romelu <sighs> Lukaku on loan from Chelsea. Yeah, uh, Lukaku or Wingy, I've got to say, were the two best strikers I've ever seen. Uh, Jeff Astle, brilliant player. Cyril Regis, brilliant player. Um, Bob Taylor, great player. But I think Lukaku is... Yeah, Someone but these guys, these these guys throughout history, you know, like Cyril Regis, you know, all these kind of guys, um, Jeff Astor, we never saw them play. We, we've seen their statistics. We've seen little bits and pieces on YouTube or what the Albion have shown us on Albion player. But in terms of players that I've actually seen, and I was like, wow, that's the most incredible striker I've ever seen in the blue and white. Um, it's got to be Lukaku or Wingy, by far the best two strikers I've seen there. By far, easily. Yeah, Lukaku coming off the bench and scoring a hat trick in that five-five was incredibly impressive, um, and I think that's as good as it's got for us. Um, we've got another one in in Gallagher on loan. That's probably going to be on par with how good Lukaku did on loan. Uh, but as for striker, he is unmatched. He's incredible. I'd say Lukaku is probably the best striker we've ever had. Yeah. And when you consider as well, like how we got him and. Um, we we helped build his career really. That loan deal at Albion helped reignite his his career. I mean, obviously he went on on loan to Everton after that. They picked us the post. We all know that. And then obviously he had an incredible career at Everton as well. Um, then we went to Man United, and we can all say the reasons why it didn't really work out for him there. Um, and then he, obviously he's gone to Inter as well, and he's re- revitalised his career there as well with one of the best managers in world football, um, in my opinion. So. Um, you know, it all started at the Albion for me, really. Um, reignited his career, and he was so incredible that season. Made so many players look absolutely average. Um, scored a huge number of goals for us that season. Those goals well. against the goal against Liverpool was class. Just pure raw power and finishing from him. 
just on yeah. full show. He's incredible. Um, at TJ Crutt, uh, what do you think of the GOAT, Hal Robson Carney? Um, he's he's far better than I would have ever assumed he would be when we signed him after a couple of Cruyff turns at the Euros. I thought he'd be a massive <laughs> flop. But, you know, he's a good squad player. Scored a fair few goals last year. Um, and, yeah, he's just good at what he does. Bring him off the bench, hold the ball up. Good squad player. Doesn't complain. So I think he's a bit, you know, six out of ten when he plays. Maybe he goes up to a seven or an eight, but pretty consistent with what you ask him to do. How do you think, Dom? Yeah, same. I mean, when we signed him, I, I knew a couple of Reading fans, and they were kind of laughing hysterically that we'd signed him, and they were like, "Oh, glad to get rid of uh, Har Robson Carnew. You can take him on." Uh, he scored a handful of goals, and I think it was like 140 games played for for Reading, something like that. He had a terrible goal scoring record for a striker, and one at a team that he was at for such a long time and he was basically the outlet for that team as well. So he didn't have a goal, good goal scoring record, but we know what Hal is. Hal's a utility player. We know what we ask of him. And I think the Albion fans really, really uh, like him as well. He's well liked by the community. He's a hard because, worker, isn't he? Yeah, he, he gives everything and that's the most you can ask for when you're kind of low, low in the ebb of talent, let's just say, compared to other strikers in the league. He gives absolutely everything and as fans, you'd love to see that. Um... Next question, after a few weird ones from at SamX.10. He's a bit of a weirdo anyway. Um, at Cal underscore Campbell underscore. If you could sign one player for the Albion, either retired or still playing, who would you pick? Um, Haven't we had one like this? We have. Um, again, I'd say uh, Lukaku. If we could put Lukaku in our team now, Jesus, it'd be mental. Uh, Johnny Evans, I think, would be brilliant for us. Great centre-half. Um, Morgan Amafatana yeah. was amazing for us. Um, yeah, that goal against Cardiff was brilliant. Shame we lost it three three because mm. Berahino didn't run it to the corner. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think who else like these sort of players that would sort of help our season a lot. Um, you think of anyone, Dom? Well, I think I said uh, Peter Owen Wingy for the retired players on the on a previous question, but if if it was previous players as well. Um, in terms of the striking position, Lukaku would be my preference because, as I say, Lukaku is the best striker we've had since I've been going to the Albion. So definitely take him in t- in terms of improving our season. And in terms of the way that we play as well, the guy had such versatility up front as well. Not only was he an incredibly fast player, but he could hold the ball up, play it to the wingers. Um, you know, he would be he fits so perfectly well within the system. Um, Rondon, I'd take Rondon back as well. I feel like we've talked in previous podcasts; he'd work well yeah, in the system as well. Definitely, Rondon. Um, and a realistic player to get, actually, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, um, if we could get him on loan as a, a foreign loan deal, that would be exceptional. Um, but there there are so many other players as well um, in so many different positions that we could have gone for. Um, basically, any player in any position, you know, I could have gone any squad through every squad um, that I've watched in the last fifteen years at the Albion and picked every position. Say that player yeah. there, that player there. Um, How about a left back? Do you think difficult. of any left backs we would have had in the past that would be better than what we've currently got on offer at left back? I, as far as I'm, I don't really think we've had class at left back really. Um, oh, I still love uh, Nicky Shorey at left back, uh, underutilized yeah. player and one that people don't really talk about. I used to love watching Nicky Shorey at left back. I thought he was such a great, uh, great left back. Had such intensity playing that role as well. It was incredible. Bit of Paul McShane. Um, you a fan of Paul McShane? 
yeah, he was a versatile. He was a versatile defender, wasn't he? He could play all around the back, really, couldn't he? Um, and it was always great seeing that guy uh, <laughs> head a ball because he gave it absolutely everything. It looked like the ball was about to explode whenever he made contact with it. The guy loved to dive in header. Um, I feel like the guy only got into the game because he loved heading the ball so much. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, there are loads of players. I mean, Zoltan Gera coming into that team as well. Um, Claudio Yakov, oh, Zoltan Lumbu, showing up. Yeah, uh, showing up that midfield. Um, bit of Chris Brunt, through loads of players. Bit of Morrison, so many players. Chris Brunt in his prime, Morrison. You could go through everyone, really, couldn't you? Um, you know, McCauley at the back, Johnny Evans back in from Leicester. Um, you know, all these kinds of players. Um, but as I say, it's it's not good to dwell too much on the past. It's a bit depressing. It's <laughs> so very that's when I start getting a bit depressing. Yeah. yeah. Um, on to the last few now. Uh, at uh, Woodhall Daniel. Um, would you rather an FA Cup run or a mid-table finish? Mid-table finish. I'd say a mid-table finish, but if we won the if we won FA Cup run, no. If we won the FA Cup, that's a different question because I'd love to win a bit of silverware, uh, and an FA Cup would mean European football, which would be hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, great! So an FA Cup win, bit of a harder decision, but FA Cup run or Premier League or mid-table finish, it's easily. Premier League mid-table finish in my eyes. Mm. Um, yeah, I could see that, but um, I feel like with a mid-table Premier League finish, you can build and keep building on that. Uh, you've got yeah, more money comment. to spend, more TV rights. You can keep building and then get into Europe the right way. You know what I mean? Trying to get that fourth, fifth spot. Um, yeah. Try and doing it that way, which which seems so ri- ridiculously unrealistic. But who knows, man? Whoever takes over the club, who knows? They New direction makes Billy a massive Bean. deal. Billy Bean could have some ambition, man. Well, mate, Le- Wolves were in League One at one point, for Christ's sake, and now they're like, you know, the Midlands answer to European football and are playing some great stuff. Um, that's what happens when you get taken over by the richest consortium in world football and Georgie Mendes. But you never know what's going to happen. Bit you of know, Jorge you Mendes. A, a different administration. Jorge. Um, You're so cultured, mate. I, I Thank you. Thank you for noticing, man. Uh, I put a lot of effort into it uh, to sound incredibly pretentious when I mentioned Spanish names or Portuguese. Forgive me, Jorge. Um, Jorge. At tuhoy.jj22. Forgive me if I got if, if I get this one guys wrong. I'm sorry, guys. Um, you know, too many Spanish DMs. names. Too many Spanish <laughs> names, man. What's up with these Spanish Donnies? Um, uh, you reckon we should have kept Billich or is Sam a positive move for the club? I think, like I said, we said before, we should have kept Billich. Is Sam a positive move? No. Was it the best choice in as we sat Billich probably as you said Dom earlier to that prototypical season saviour if he actually does it um, I think that's what it comes down to it's in no way positive because I think it's a backward step towards what we did in Pulis um, yeah I'd agree with that it's not positive in the sense of the actual football is not positive um, it's very regressive uh, football if you want to be honest um, but is it positive in the sense that you know especially when he first came in um it looked like we could build on it and try and progress, then yeah, there's positivity in that. But in terms of the actual football, it is a regression. Um, and yeah, you don't you don't like to see this kind of football go back to the dark, dark, poolish days of football. Um, but yeah, it's it's a negative, but it's one that hopefully will pay off for us in the in the short term future. Yeah, I mean, hopefully we stay up and we can push on, but based on current results, it does not look likely. Um, but guys, you know, we. I think 
to finish, because those are all the questions, thank you so much for those questions. It feels like a, an age from with the first one, because we had so many. Thank you for getting involved. Um, Can't remember the first one, mate. It's been that long. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, technical difficulties in between and all that. Uh, finally to the end of them. Uh, but it's never a chore. Um, I think, um, at America Thossel on Instagram, he made a very good point. Uh, it's about being in love with the, t- the the club and what that club stands for. Not the the, the, the variables as in the players and the ownership and things like this because you can get burnt. It's about falling in love with these ideals of what the club stands for. And I think that's a very good comment. I think that's what we need to maintain in these sort of rough years of awful administration and awful football is that although this style of football, the managers, the players change, we've got to keep this idea of what we believe Albion to be going and that's what we fall in love with, isn't it? We fall in love mm. with the camaraderie and the yes, the football when it's good, but when it's bad and when we've got bad results, we stick together under that flag, under that badge of Albion. Um, how do you how do you think about that? Would you agree? Uh, I concur in one sense. I feel like um, you've just got to you've just got to look at your reasoning to why you follow the Albion. That's what you've got to look at, especially when tough when times are this tough. You got to go. Well, why do I follow this club? Why do I bother? Um, you know, investing my time and my effort and and all this other kind of stuff into that. And it's because, for me personally, it's because I have a history with this club. I know you do as well. Um, we've watched the football at this club since we were children, since we were little kids. Our parents have watched it since they were kids. Um, and it's not just that. It's not just the the connections through history. It's the connections we've had through our childhood um, and things like that. And it's not just the game, it's the conversations you have and the um, sort of friendships you've made through the game um, and also the going to the game. Obviously, in these times of COVID, not being able to go to the stadium and go and watch in live football makes you really appreciate live football again. Um, and it has for me. I really miss it. Uh, and I don't just miss the games because I feel like going go into the game and watching us lose three four five nil every week would be pretty depressing um but it's everything beforehand yeah, going, going to meeting the you meeting your yeah. mates yeah going to the vine having some tandoori chicken having, having a, a couple of drinks yeah um chatting about the game beforehand having a bit of hope that we might actually get a win before it starts you know freezing your balls off uh, in the halfers lane stand uh, with terrible leg room but still loving it um yeah i miss that i miss that and um those are the, the kind of things you got to hold on for because We've had, you know, trying times. We've had worse seasons than this, guys. We've had worse seasons than this. Yeah, Gone down and come, come way, way better. I would say, I so mean... So it's just holding on to that. It's not Halfords anymore for us. I mean, it's shit because me and Dom were going to get... Me and Dom stopped getting season tickets because life changed. I got a job. We just didn't want to watch Pulis football anymore. Um, and then things changed again. And we thought, right, you know, let's get our season tickets back. Even in the championship, we wanted the back and... Um, then we had to, mm. go to we're thinking about the east stand because of the leg room because me and Dom are both six foot four plus, so yeah we're big boys we're big boys B O I, um, so we need the leg room and the, obviously the atmosphere is so much better anywhere other than Halfords Line, um, <laughs> but then COVID hits and we can't do those things as Dom said we can't take part in this sort of experience as fans we can't go to the vine and have a pint you can't go up the tram and then go up past the sweets and pick up your sweets and your drink and smuggle them in. You can't go into the fan zone and get a whatever they've got there, a pint in there, watch some mm. cover band play and some cringe presenter. You know, all these things that you laugh about yeah. and you then oh, you go into so the stadium. Sick, and, you know, you can't then swear at the away fans. You can't then 
swear at the ref. It's 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 very crude. It's very uncouth to talk about these things. You go, oh, I miss swearing at the ref. You know, you don't do those things, but it's this passion that comes out of you. Um, and and you like you love that banter between the best things between away fans and home fans. Isn't when it's horrible. It's when it's it's when it's funny. Like you're just sending shots mm. at each other, and it's funny. That's what I miss. I don't miss sending expletives towards fans. I miss just laughing when things happen and you just laugh together as football fans or you laugh together as Albion fans. Um, mm. Just like you said, there's not much and to And bring the fan zone back as well. It was great, mate. The fan zone was uh, yeah, the fan brilliant. Zone was class. It was just a, a cold car park uh, on a Greg's. Um, but it was great. It was great seeing all these uh, these terrible local bands come in, play their music. Uh, and then, like, sort of have a, have a drink, have a chat, mingle around with other Albion fans, and then go into the game. It was great. I miss all that kind of stuff. It's just, it's, it's incredibly missed. So, hopefully, those things return. Hope everyone's okay. Yeah, fingers crossed. During all this lockdown, um, our DMs are always open. Um, if you ever want to reach out to us about anything, or uh, we'll, of course, reply, we'll, of course, talk to you. Um, uh, but, of course, we can only do so much, so. Never be. It's just devolved into a, a very much deeper thing. But never be ashamed to go and find help elsewhere as well, or in anyone, because these are really dark times. And just think about what what we get at the end of it. We get to finally go to the Albion again, and we get to share in this love of Albion. So I hope everyone's okay. Um, and unless Dom's got anything to add, I think that's the end of the podcast, Dom. Yeah, mate. That's uh, that's me done. Just uh, bring back the fan zone. That's it. That's all I want. That was the whole purpose of this entire there we go. episode. The, baggy, the two baggies one love endorsed Billy Bean ownership and the fan zone. That's our manifesto. That's the Big Beats manifesto. Um, <laughs> we also endorse uh, Peep Show uh, quotes. Um, yeah, don't get me started. Otherwise, we'll be here for another hour. <laughs> Uh, thank you guys very much for listening uh, we are very thankful uh, for you guys listening and giving us a bit of a platform and we just hope you guys continue to enjoy it as much as we enjoy to make them um, Yeah. so continue to get involved uh, continue to get in touch at Two Baggers One Light Bulb um, hopefully there's a win I mean we haven't even touched on the Blackpool game coming up uh, just hopefully there's a win there for us uh, and maybe a bit of momentum uh, maybe even a cup run who knows guys um, but like I said keep the faith um, You know, let's just all remember that we love the Albion no matter what, and uh, come on you baggies.